Welcome to More Than Words Podcast. This is Liz. I don't know what's going on, but you froze, I think. And I was like, I guess because you're speaking. Hi, everybody. Welcome to More Than Words. What oh, we did my inter- my introduction didn't come out. I I was so uh, excited too in my introduction. I was like, welcome everybody to More Than Words. This is Liz. And then it goes. This is Liz. <laughs> That's what I saw. I don't know if it was me or our internet, but I just was like, so that was a little bit of a scary movie. So listen, welcome to Boiler Words. If you heard what you heard, if you know, if you didn't and you saw this freeze that I just saw on the screen, then you're probably like, what is going on here? Listen, uh, we're here. You know who we are. You know, Liz, clearly with this, what happened there? It was like a frozen moment and your mouth was open and you had this look. And I was like, is she okay? <laughs> And also, I'm not going to edit that out. Okay, I'm buddy. You better leave that intro in because it was definitely uniquely me. I'm this week. This week, I'm embracing my uniquely me. I had a call with somebody, and I know you're going to get into your your auntie moment, but I had a call earlier this week sometime, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about brands, and we were talking about more than words, and um. I think everybody knows that you and I both have our own coaching companies and DEI companies. So you have, can I say it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So you have ALP and I have Somos Culture. So I was talking, I was having like a Somos Culture branding conversation. And I said, okay, um, so first, this is my five, 10 year plan. And they're like, well, what do you ultimately want to do? I said, I don't want to compromise who I am. I have found out who I am and I am uniquely me. And this is who I'm going to be. <laughs> she was like, I think I scared them a little bit. Wait a minute. Was this a client call, like a perspective call or just the engagement? No, no, no. This was an engagement. Someone was helping me on my brand. And so, <laughs> no, no, I would like not. I would like never do that to clients. Oh gosh, no. Oh like, my god, can you imagine? That'd be terrible. I was like, Liz, where did this come from? Who did no, you no. channel? Not JLo? I don't know. I have no idea who I channeled, but definitely it uh yeah, I kind of you know when you like so people who have high anxiety tend to and they're perfectionists or as I like to call myself a recovering perfectionist thank you Brene Brown for giving me that language so at night I stay up and I'm like let me think about everything that I said and who I said it to and who did I hurt and who did I offend and what wrong things that is it's never positive which is really it's a terrible Mm -hmm. state to be so of course (laughs) this week I was like Oh, gosh, you know, this fierce, fiery, bossy Latina. I love her, but she comes out in moments that I don't I don't know. Listen, first of all, I don't like this self-talk. We need to have a conversation with whoever that voice is, because all that. First of all, I used to go through that same experience where I was like, let me just like, you know what? Either if I don't get it out in therapy and then my journal entry ain't really good, then we just gonna let that go, because 
my mind will be like, no, I need to go right all those wrongs, right? I want to have some good karma. Like, I've been working on myself. But my past me be like, I don't care. That happened, man. I'm moving on. And I'll be like, oh, no, let's be better. Let's work on being like, oh, <laughs> let's, let's be a little bit more. Let's let's make sure we leave space for forgiveness <laughs> and patience and all those things. But sometimes I'll be like, and that just happened. <laughs> that was the end of that. Well, and I think you and I have both really worked on ourselves a lot. We talked a lot about that in our first episode on like how much yeah. work we've done. I mean, there comes a point where like, yes, I do think that we all should work on ourselves and we all have things that we could improve on. But there comes a point where like sometimes we just have to just sit and be unless Unless you're a jerk, right? Unless you don't have empathy or compassion or, you know, any kind of those like bare minimum things. <laughs> if you're not meeting well, a bare minimum, then let's let's talk about that. But I think you and I are very empathetic, very compassionate, very like we are always there for people. So at some point, we just need to sit where we're at and like we are OK, like we are good. <laughs> So, so for anybody listening, I know my family and friends is like, well, she wasn't always like that. Let's be clear. But I the, oh, listen, I remember my first workplace talk, like, you know, when you get your performance review, they were like, yeah, so, you know, I hope you're open to this feedback, which you know is about to be something crazy, right? Like, you're like, oh, well, why are you been holding on and not tell me every day, which was a part of that personality for sure, um, myself. Uh, but then it was like, you know what, Shara, you know, in the workplace, you know, I think, you know, we appreciate you being so blunt and honest but you know sometimes you have to tailor it to your audience aka start talking to people crazy like I didn't know like when people would say something and I wasn't being rude but I would just be like I'm not sure if that makes does that make sense here like I would say something that in my mind I'm probably ideating or I would just be very direct that or something like that like when you're first figuring out corporate world you just don't know you're like I'm gonna just say no and people were like yeah you don't really just say no like that you just don't get to tell people just no <laughs> just in the mean like well I'm not going to do that but or I don't think that makes any sense and I had to learn how to finesse it so if you hear this new version you know that I've been I did a lot of work <laughs> but okay can I ask a question and then you can go into your auntie moment uh because we have a guest Here and it's go. gonna be a really top <laughs> yeah go ahead go ahead with this question I'm scared I'm scared <laughs> No, I don't want to know. I don't want to ask. Don't say it. Just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Just, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm ready. So do you, because I know, I feel like I really know you, right? I've known you for a mm -hmm. long time. We've known each other for 12 years, I think now. I don't know. I wanted to give you a face to make you think about whether or not that was true or not, but I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to give you that face. Like, oh, I don't know. You're underestimating our friendship. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the many years of our friendship. I don't the know. Many, the many stories of our friendship and the evolutions. Um, Man, we could write a book. Ooh. We should. We really could. We really could. And just for the audience to know, I don't remember any real dates and numbers that well. So I, when people be like, how long have we been friends? I'd be like, oh. And I'd be like, well, do we really want to talk about how long or how meaningful it's been? AKA, sure, I can't remember. I need time to go think. I need to go look at my phone, look at some old pictures. I need to plus or minus that number. Like, I have no clue. I mean, and sometimes <laughs> I just tell people, like, I don't know your birthday. I love you. We've been friends for years. I clearly didn't put it in my phone. My bad. I love you, though. Like, I'm going to bring you a gift. Every day is my birthday. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> 
well played. Well I'm played, so. Sis. I feel like I've taken over the auntie moment. It's so many ways. Like I'm like, this is who I am. Okay, and also every day is my birthday. No, wait. Let me. Okay, so tell do me you your, want your question. Or let's go no, to the auntie moment. I'm. I'm gonna save my question for our bias conversations. Because I think we wanted to have a conversation about not our bias. Well, we everyone has biases, but we wanted to talk about biases and all that stuff. And I think that's yes. going to be a topic Let's in the future. So I'll, I will write my question down and I will save it. Play. I didn't. I didn't actually well, write anything down. We, I didn't write it down. I was I like, just, "What were you looking at?" I was like, "Oh, it must be a long list." For those of you listening, the, the gestures today is in high energy. So it is a lot of movement and a lot of eye movement, arm movement, hand movement, nail movement going on. Just letting you know you're missing out if you're not looking at the video. But okay, so for our aunties. So for those of you just joining us for the first time, we do auntie moments. So auntie moments are really about us talking about those moments. Like think about your 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 aunts, your TTs, those people that you know, you you know those people, right? So this is gonna talk about something either brave, daring, audacious fearless, you know, something direct in context. But let me, this is going to be really about my age and my process of like really trying to process my age, just FYI. So listen, I'm here, um, I'm visiting my best friends um, and I am here in New York City. Um, we just chose, you know, we're here in New York City. We chose a place where it had a great view to go enjoy dinner. So we are like, oh, let's go see the water, like boom. So like, we're here, let's go look at the skyline. Like we're trying to have the boats, right? Like these is our auntie hours, right? Like we're after work, but like we need to still get to bed because we've got early morning meetings. <laughs> and so we go look the sunset is fabulous my hand is always on the swivel right uh i look over to the right and there is a couple literally with a life like there's a gentleman and then it's a, a, a woman and they're taking this picture so she's got the picture up and this guy has literally what looks like a lifesaver from like star wars like literally as long as the lifesaver colored like it's a like this bronzy color that he's holding above her phone so that she could get the right lighting for this picture or this background in New York City so long story short I'm sitting here like I have so many questions do you see this lifesaver girl it was so long I was like how did he bring it here like did you have a where did it come from your pants leg does he have a holster like a like holster. That's what my friend said. Like you need a holster for it was insane. And I said, see, this is how I know I'm getting too old. Because I'm saying, look, man, like why would you carry that all the way here for that one picture? Then I noticed everybody else were like getting their selfies. I was like, oh, let me do this too. So I'm not saying something wrong with it, but I was definitely curious about the level of lighting that's needed for some of these selfies because I'm clearly just been using my regular flash. <laughs> So uh, this is my brave moment of talking about my age vulnerability. So, so please support me and be gentle. <laughs> so where did the lightsaber come from? And was the lightsaber used as a prop or does it bring them like I read this book recently where some it's not like it's not a, a resource type book. It's one of those books that like it gets you out of reality. Um and one of the guys like carried a lightsaber because the force, <laughs> the force, he, the force came to him in this. So maybe the force is with him. 
the forces I don't know. with him. So first of all, just I had all these same questions. I didn't get to the force question because I'm really new to the Star Wars life, but I'm definitely try, trying to enjoy that journey, right? Because this was like immediately. A, literally, we where's your light? Where's your light? Where's your light? Literally, I have no light. I'm in a room that just happens to have a lamp on and it's like sunlight coming through. Like, if I need to be better at this, like for real, I, I just didn't think that people were bringing ring lights with them to get good selfies. It's just something else. I have mine. Although this side's just lit. This side isn't. So I think I need to put it like in the middle somewhere. <laughs> Anyways, I have done the TikTok reel with... Um, which is song the not anyways, I'm not gonna sing it. It's embarrassing. But like when you put the phone there, you're like, oh, winds blowing. Cause you know, I like to have my J-Lo Beyonce yeah, moments. The fan. <clears throat> the fan is a plus. I, I have a fan just, in here and I have those moments all the time. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, I guess it's not our traditional honesty moment because we talk about something more meaningful, but for real, I'm really contemplating, right, at the point where it's like, do I engage or do I observe? Because really, I kind of secretly did go out and try to find that light in, right? <laughs> but it didn't. Only thing I could find was like lifesavers. I'm not gonna okay. lie. Did not find this. There, I mean, that was your. I tell you, he could have used it as a sword. That was your auntie moment right there. That you went on Amazon looking for the light, being like, "Is this something that people use?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love your auntie I moment. I, I I would have all the same questions. I know. I don't see anything wrong with it. But anywho, <laughs> it's nothing wrong. It's just like where no. am I? Please, please, audience, send me some information. Look on our social media. Let me know how y'all are experiencing like these huge transitions from when it's like, yeah, we used to take a pleasure with a flash on, and now it's like I need to bring my lighting and all my props with me so I can enjoy life every day. I'm not there yet. Help me get there and let me understand what I'm potentially missing out on. It's a commitment <laughs> to carry all that stuff with you. You know, like... <laughs> what kind of New York, so I know you was on the subway. You were yeah. on the subway. You I thought you were... Like, anyway. Yeah, that's a that's a commitment. I think that's a commitment. Anyways, so today, thank you for that auntie moment. So today, I want to we'll bring our in our guest today. Um, today's topic is um, talking about generational wealth, financial planning, financial investing. Um, it is something that. I've been studying a lot recently, um, especially as one of my goals is to build generational wealth. Um, and that's a that's a that's a very like coin term. And, you know, I was like, well, how do I do this? Luckily, I know someone <laughs> who is in financial planning and um, his name is um, Enrique Basanez. And I have known Enrique for a really long time. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to go back to see how long I've known him. But I brought, it was one of those moments where um, I reached out to Enrique. His wife and I are, are, we're almost like cousins that we consider, they're like cousins, but not family members. This is where like my husband's like, is this a real family member? Or is this, is this like a cousin cousin? Or is this like a cousin? <laughs> um. But he's been part of my life for a long time and we both have seen our journeys and like kind of how we've grown um, in life and different things. And one of the things that has always really inspired me of Enrique, and I don't think I've ever told him this, but <clears throat> it's his tenacity and his his like um, his strength and his hustle. 
and he there's a roadblock he's like boom getting it out the way and moving forward um i want to move my family to utah boom doing it i want to move my family to colorado boom i'm doing it during the pandemic i'm gonna uh get a uh do a road trip around the u.s boom we're doing it and every 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 year every all throughout the years he has has ideas and he follows through with them and it's all those experiences have helped him kind of be who he is and i also really admire um who he is as a family man um he has he has two children um and a wife as well too and uh, i've always i've always looked to him um, from a family perspective and a dynamic, um, kind of as an example for it. So I don't think I've ever told him this. So, <laughs> oh, he's probably like, what are you saying? But, um, let's bring him on. Enrique, come on down. I told you it wasn't going to be subtle. <laughs> hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh, what an intro. Wow. I'm, I'm humbled to hear all that, all those things. Um, I don't know if, if they're all true, you know, uh, I, I try my best, <laughs> but I know I, I, I sincerely appreciate uh, the time and the opportunity to be here. And uh, like Liz mentioned, uh, we've known each other for such a long time. I think it's like 25 years close to that. Um, so uh, happy to to know you and also inspire you in some way. You inspire me as well uh, by your journey. So I think we mutually inspire each other. So that sort of and we're very similar like our personalities are very similar so when my cousin who's his wife comes on like she's in the middle of us she's like oh my god i feel like i'm talking to enrique oh my god i'm talking i feel like i'm talking to liz because we are <laughs> we're very high energy <laughs> what we're trying to say is high energy okay okay it's a yes. lot of good i love it i mean first of all i first of all i got a chance to be enrique and I was like, okay, I see what Liz <laughs> said here. Like, okay, they the two of them together, I was like, when y'all finish planning the rest of the, our lives, just let us know so that we can go ahead and just get in step with whatever you all decide. <laughs> because y'all, it's like talking fast. It's like, yeah, and we should, and we this, and that. Yeah, that's this. So I'm like, okay, well, um, let me know when you're finished. Just insert me into the, <laughs> tell me where I need to go, please. But we're so happy that you're here. And we gave one of the, one of the things that when we were planning this, I mean, you're name we were like we gotta get it Liz like Enrique's cover we gotta make sure Enrique's on here when we were going to talk about wealth and equity but before we get into that the biggest piece and we do this with all our guests is the diversity will right so the diversity will uh, we share that with you before and we've been sharing it online with all of our listeners to basically say this is how we wanted people to get to know not just what we do but who are we as people and what matter to us so you had a chance to look at the diversity will um what are some of your top dimensions that you think are important to kind of share in this moment? Mine was uh, nationality and ethnicity. Uh, so I was born and raised in Mexico, well, until the age of 15. And, uh, the, you know, like the people that I look up to um, is one of them is my dad. Like he is the hardest worker in the room. Uh, we worked together actually at some point in my life. Uh, but um, living in Mexico was sort of a, a great opportunity for me to grow. Um, there wasn't a lot to, uh, I was, there wasn't a lot of financial, uh, I guess, freedom per se or resources. So, <clears throat> so you had to um, 
find creative ways to 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 find money, right? So uh, hard work is one of the things that my dad uh, instilled in me. And um, I used to uh, wake up at four in the morning, go work with him, uh, and because he used to drive a bus. So um, just hard work all the time. That's what I saw. That's how I grew up with. And um, just being a Mexican, right? You've heard the term Mexican. So I have that can-do attitude. Um, so it uh, it's actually paid off for me in opportunities that I've experienced through my journey. Um, so being a Mexican, I always remember like we, we take a lot of pride in our hard work, uh, whatever that is, uh, you know, that uh, we, we get our, our, our hands on or we're involved in terms of work. I mean, you see the you know, the boxers, some of the best boxers in the world are Mexican, right? Because we like to fight, you know, we like to fight for the things that we want. Um, and I think, you know, Liz, Liz's point in terms of like, whenever I see a roadblock or a challenge, um, here's a here's tip number one for all, all your audience um, out there is, there's only a limited amount of things that need to be done for a specific activity or specific challenge. And as soon as you figure that out, it's over, right? You can do it. Um, so whether it's moving to another country, whether it's moving to Utah, whether it's moving to Colorado, um, whatever it is, there's only a limited amount of things you have to do, uh, or even you know this podcast. And so once you figure that out, then you can accomplish. Something that my spirit Enrique wants to be competitive about that boxing piece, but I really, I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. Something in my spirit. I don't know. I felt like I needed to go. I just needed to say it out loud, but I don't know. But I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. But you know, I'm so glad that <laughs> I couldn't help it. Something in my spirit, but I don't, I don't want to derail this podcast here. But I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm so happy. You know, when I, I couldn't stop smiling for those of you on the podcast, but it was something so refreshing, right? Like we don't, spend enough time just talking about you know our origin story like what is those things that really just kind of is at the core of who we are that we carry every day and where it came from so you know I was just smiling about you know you being 15 and working with your dad or getting up early in the morning I'm like nostalgia kind of kicks in because we don't spend a lot of time in that place and that's why I love the diversity bill right it's just that chance to just step back and say, who am I right like at the basic when all this other stuff is cleared out so I mean man. Okay. I'll, I'll let Liz to ask her question because I know she was about to, but I was just like, Oh, I want well, no, all and, my family right now. Yeah. And you know what? Something that like we're trending that we're seeing. So two things that came up for me when, when you were talking about your kind of your dimensions is our, our parents or grandparents or aunties, like people who have influenced us is something that is like, it's part of our core. You know, and it's something like it's part of your story. It's definitely part of mine. I talk about Mama D all the time, which we are going to have her on here as well, too, because she's my mom and, you know, she's my strength and the reason why I am who I am. And the other thing, too, is like the whole like the can the can do attitude, which I, I'm trying to kind of find a balance between that. I can work 24 hours a day, seven days a week to where like I get constant reminders from Shara say, hey, have you taken time off for yourself? Like, which is funny because I do that for other people, but I don't do that for myself. And, you know, <laughs> we, we have a whole self-care episode, too. But yes, those two things, because I could I you just give me work and I can work all the way through it. <laughs> like 
I'll be so sleepy and I'll still be working. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, that's true. Yeah, that is uh, definitely something I struggle with. So if you were to ask me, so what are some of your weaknesses? You know how you interview people it's like, well, I like to work a lot. I actually like to enjoy uh, working. Um, now, here's the thing. If you enjoy what you do, you don't mind putting in the hours. But if you hate your job, even two hours doing that are going to be miserable. So it just happens in my case. Um, I found what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, if I spend 14 hours, 15 hours a day, it's all for the, you know, it's enjoyment, really happiness, brings me a lot of happiness, helping people. So, so Enrique, you told us a little bit about the dimensions that make up you and who you are. What are some of the stereotypes that you have faced either in the workplace or in your personal life? And how has that impacted you and how you show up? Yeah, um, and so working in different institutions, global banks, um, you see the stereotyping of like, you know, minorities are typically in the back office. Um, they're not in the front office when it comes to corporate. So uh, that that's one of the things that when I jumped into that space, I, I quickly noticed, um, you know, different, different reasons why that happens. But um, it, it's one of the things that I always sort of push through in terms of, hey, we can do uh, we can do any type of role that we want to uh, that we want to do. If that's something you want to do, like jumping from back office to front office, absolutely doable. And so that's the attitude that I had, um, including with my team. I was very supportive in terms of uh, career progression. So I always allowed uh, individuals to jump from team to team to learn the business and uh, to move up the different areas. And eventually they wanted to do like a front office role, more client, client facing or even, uh, you know, high, higher uh, pay jobs that they could do it. So, you know, I, I gave my team that um, confidence of, of doing that um, because I was given the same thing. So, um, but it is sort of stereotyping of like, you know, minorities sort of serve in the back office operations space. Um, but like I said, through education, through hard work, then you, you, you prove yourself and uh, that you can do any type of role um, in the corporate space. And did you ever have people that kind of helped you move you forward or, or kind of like Shara talks a lot about like reaching back and helping people and and reaching up when you do need help. <clears throat> have I, I, I know that you've been that person that reaches back and helps people. You've done that. You do that all your life. But have you ever had someone that has helped you? Oh, absolutely. Yes. <clears throat> Actually, my boss, who was my boss for more than 10 years, uh, he unofficially was sort of my mentor. Now he, he's not a, he's sort of an introvert. I mean, that also has its strengths, right? I'm not trying to say that introverts are in a negative way, uh, but um, um, someone who doesn't give you a lot of feedback, but that actually gives you opportunities to grow, right? So I, again, he, he gave me my first job in the financial world, uh, whereas a lot of people rejected me. Um, those people I still um, hang out with and I still know up uh, to date. And I still talk to them because, you know, it, it, they, they just didn't know um, me enough, I guess. So this person gave me the first chance to 
to actually prove myself um, and and gave me additional opportunities for growth within his space, within his operational space. Um, and, and even when I went to work for uh, Goldman Sachs, for instance, he personally walked me out of the office and said, thank you for your service. Um, I hope you're back you know, someday in the future. Um, so that was really reassuring for me. Um, and uh, I came back to, to the same institution years later when I moved from Utah to uh, back to Texas. Um, and he was very happy to see me uh, back in, in the office. So um, I keep in touch with them. I send them emails. Thank you for everything that you've given to me and, and your mentorship. Uh, again, unofficially, but um, yeah, he's been one of the, the persons who I admire um, quite a bit. And, and I always thank him for um, giving me opportunities and also some, some of the feedback that has helped me progress in my career. And I pass it on to the people that I help as well. Yeah, because I, I'm so glad you shared that you know, that story specifically in the detail in which you shared it, because oftentimes people take it for granted just what um, how in, in on it, how something so informally kind of starts with like having a connection with someone and just wanting to support them and then really like nurturing it and maturing it into something where you have this professional relationship and, and mentorship and then, and then it can progress into advocacy and, and sponsorship. Oftentimes people just always want to jump to like, I want to be a mentor. I want to be a sponsor. But sometimes it's just those basic things like I gave a person a chance and I did. I just followed up with them. Just kind of sometimes those differences, how important those differences can even show up in these types of relationships um, when you're when you build a relationship professionally or you get a sponsor like how that balance is because we all kind of gravitate naturally, you know, let's talk about bias. Like we all kind of have similar, we all have similarity bias where we like, let's be in a comfortable place with people just like me. Right. So I get this feels, you know, in my space, like let's all have big ideas and a blast. Right. But that's not where everybody thrives. So, um, Thank you for yep. sharing that. Well, I can't wait Enrique. So I, this is one of those topics that, you know, we talk about money, money, money. And uh, I can't wait to talk about wealth and uh, finances. So one thing I'll say is, you know, it took me a long time. Like my growing up, we always had a budget. Like my family always talked about a budget. If you hear banging in the background, I can't control that. I'm in the city. Um, but, um, but one of the things that did happen was like we talked about budgeting, right, and saving. Right. But we didn't always talk about talk about or or maybe they didn't always even know what to do once you had those little nest eggs or you had to plan for something that wasn't just in your front of you. Right. Like the next big thing, the baby, the school, the, you know, house, the house need to be repaired, but like life. Right. So when. I got older someone that, you know, you're, you're in a corporate world, you need to get a financial planner. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> somebody would share what I make with somebody? What is this perfect? Like, Ugh. And then the first meeting I go to, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you want all this information? I don't know you. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you my information. Um, but over time, I got mature <laughs> in that journey, just to let you know, Enrique, I got mature enough to understand what I need to do. But I do want to, let's start with the basics, at least for the audience. What is financial planning and what is financial investing? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think you touched on a couple of uh, key points there, uh, what we call foundational items. So definitely a budget is uh, crucial for uh, uh, family finances, businesses too, right? Nonprofits, a city, 
the United States as a whole country, right? They have a budget. You, you talk, you know, financial budget, and you hear people, politicians talk about that. It is a crucial key component of uh, finances in people's lives. So you hit one there, right? Um, and then savings, right? So we are pretty, I think as a society, we are, uh, I think, pretty, pretty comfortable with the concept of savings. Um, but what we don't know about is like, what do I do with those savings? Right. So I, I, so I cannot put it under my mattress. Right. Because, you know, that's I have <laughs> actually have some clients that that do have money in under under their mattress. I used which, to. I like I don't I don't trust. I don't me trust too. Them. I ain't gonna yeah, lie. So, yeah. In my socks. So I will uh, touch on that uh, at a later point uh, in terms of trusting the system or not trusting the system. Um, but uh, financial planning is is really, I mean, a simple in simple terms. Um, so I, with my clients, I look at their values, right? So we go a little bit deeper, um, not just goals, but actually values. What do you value the most in your life? What do you want for your family? What do you want to leave behind? Do you want to leave legacy? You know, do you want to accumulate wealth to leave the legacy so that your kids, um, start in a better place in that race that we all run? Um, so those are some of the questions that I asked my clients <clears throat> in terms of financial planning, but it's, it essentially is, you know, we look at the current situation financially, and then we uh, map out future financial requirements for, for people and, and family, right? And then we make provisions to fill in the gaps. So current situation, what do you want to do in life? What are some of the goals that you want to hit? And then we help you put plan together to make sure that you hit those goals whether it's to accumulate wealth uh retire with enough money so you don't run out uh, send your kids to college right protect your income different aspects of of the financial plan but it all has to line up and tie back to your values because otherwise you know why are you accumulating wealth for right I, I love that, Enrique, because I don't know if you know this from our like Shara and I, when we coach people, we're both um, coaches. We do a whole value system and we each have our own values. We have our values for our podcast as well as like what are the boundaries that we have? So the fact that you bring it back to values, it like. I feel like I was getting a little bit of a, an, an advice right now for, for podcast free, <laughs> but, um, right. but it's, it, it's, yeah, I hadn't, hadn't thought about that. Like, what are you doing this for? Who are you doing this for? And also legacy, like for me, legacy is very, very important. Like the, I do the things that I do for my children because I want a better world for them. Um, so and legacy is something that's very, very important to me. So I love that you bring the valley side of it. How, Absolutely. how did you get here? Like, how did you decide that this is what I'm going to do? Because I Actually, just, can, just, I'm sorry, just because like, I know that <laughs> like you were, you wanted to be a pilot and I'm probably sharing too much, but like you had all this, but <laughs> I'm curious to know, like, how did you end up here? Like, why was this important for you? Yeah, I have many aspirations and many things I've done in my life. Um, and they all kind of tie in together. And I'll, I'll explain why. So how did I get here? 2009, that's when I first started looking into financial advising. 
Um, I, I used to support financial advisors back then, 2009, 2010. So it's been it's been about 11, 12 years in in the making. Um, it, I don't mind for for something to sort of brew over 10 years. I'm uh, I'm patient, but also impatient in terms of like execution. Um, but um, it's something that I I always wanted to to do to help people with their finances. Uh, again, it started back in 2009. Now. I was sort of new to the financial industry space, so I wanted to get some experience, some exposure, and uh, I did that over more than 10 years. Um, and in 2020, that's when I um, I realized and I made the commitment to say, hey, you know, you wanted to do this thing 10 years ago. I think now is the time to, to execute and do it. Uh, why COVID was in full swing? Um, I knew I could help people from the distance through, you know, video chat. Um, I knew I wanted to travel, but more importantly, I wanted to help people. So through 2018, 2017, I actually went through a phase of my life when I started questioning everything, um, questioning myself in terms of like, you know, what do I want to do? How do I want to show up to people? Uh, what, what, what is the most important thing for me? What are my priorities? You know, how does the family fit into place? What is love? I mean, we don't get too, too deep into that. How do I show love to people? Um, so a bunch of questions that were sort of default, um, that we had default answers usually, right? So I started sort of stripping away and be like, okay, uh, what is the root of why, why am I here? Um, and I just, through that journey, found out that helping people gives me the, the greatest satisfaction. So, so that's why I do what I do. Um, it just brings me a lot of joy. Yeah, when I when I hear the so first of all, Liz put you on the spot talking about you want to be a pilot. I just want to call her out for that. Like you wrong for that. Sis. Like why you got his business out here in these streets? He came in and talk about well, if I you don't be putting people business out there like that. I was just trying to share how you don't have to stick to your narrative that you've been told to stick to, that you could do whatever you want to do, right? It's just a matter of what are you capable of? What uh, what are the opportunities and what are you willing to do? So- Yeah, absolutely. So, so becoming a pilot, um, just flying airplanes, it was a dream of mine since I can remember, probably six, seven year old uh, kid. I, we used to live right next to a military base. Um, and there were helicopters coming in and out uh, constantly. And I used to get on top of my roof and, and just see them take off. And I um, always wanted to do that as a, as a kid. And, and finally, um, you know, I, I got to fly airplanes by myself and even including like co-ownership of, of, a, of a plane. So uh, something I wanted to do. But again, I can relate to pilots. I have some clients who are pilots. And so I can relate to them. I know what their um, goals are and how they think. Same thing with the RV, right? Um, that I drove around the United States for six months. I know what it takes to um, to live in one, <laughs> and I know what it takes to own one. Um, so I can relate to people who are thinking about doing that, and I can actually give them some some value. Again, outside of the financial advice, I'm more about giving the advice that I've uh, gained or the knowledge that I've gained over, over time. And so all the things that I do ultimately is to share, to share with people and, and give value to people. So that's why I do it. 
<laughs> what you can't just go from <laughs> I would, pilot I RV. <laughs> I want to give the world my gifts. Abby, we skipped that. Should so be many a quote. Steps. That's gonna Abby, be a hashtag. We gotta do something <laughs> with that because that one just skipped. I was like, I mean, can you tell me more about this RV? And I just want to throw it out there. I was like, well, you said co owner to play. I said, see, this is my. I need to get better at my life right now. What am I doing? <laughs> where I need to be able to just throw that in there? Like, listen, I have a passion and I co own something. That's what I need to do. That's what I need. To, I'm working we, on that. I we co own a podcast. We co own a podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's not a plane. It's, it's very not a plane. exciting. It's That's very a great exciting. accomplishment. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I see you, how you guys. Uh, I see. I saw you guys at the party, and I mean, yeah. I'm so proud of both of you. Um, you know how you uh, express yourselves, how you conduct this podcast, and also how you show up to people there. And I saw it in person, so very That's happy awesome. to. To be here again and uh, no, get to know you guys for a long time. Oh, sweet. He's trying to deflect. Don't deflect, Enrique, because we was talking about you and all these this, this wealthy coins and visions and values you was talking about. But I will say, I really do appreciate you. Just So that whole piece, I'm with Liz. Like when, when we talk about values and legacy and like put in, like I think the best story here is like, we always talk about planning for the future. Like when you're going through this process, you're thinking about what you want to leave behind or how you want to build your wealth while you're living. Like today, I mean, I think it's important to start with those things, which is like, okay, what are my values? What's important to me? And then who am I serving? Like what roles am I having that's important to me to like leave something either um, create something now or leave something in once I'm not here, right? That generational wealth, which we'll get to, but it's like, you know, just putting it all together, right? Like we spend so much time about when we talk about finance, it's like the money part of it, but it is really about the living, right? Like who, who am I? I want to get the most out of my experience and the things that I'm dreaming about. I love the fact that we were talking about dreaming, like what did I dream of? Like those types of things. We don't spend a lot of time talking about it. We, it's, it's so tactical. It's like, what is due? Like what I gotta pay for, <laughs> what's coming up? Like it's so tactical. So I'm and, loving this view of it. And that and that's a privilege, isn't it, Cher? I mean, I'm maybe I'm I'm mistaken here, but I feel like that's a sometimes it, it can be perceived as a privilege thinking about like the dreaming side of it. Or at least we perceive that it is. So I I, I love this conversation and it shows that you know, all three of us, we have, we've had different dreams. We have different dreams. Shara is notorious for having visions and giving me a call and be like, I have a vision. <laughs> and then this, this is what happens. So it, it is beautiful. So Enrique, when we talk about generational wealth, that is one of my goals in life. I know what it means to me, but I'm curious to know what, what does it mean to build generational wealth and why is it important for people of color, from people from um, underrepresented groups, historically marginalized groups, minorities, whatever the phrase that you you know are are, are coining them as, or co- coining people as, but um, what? Why is it so important for us to build generational wealth? Yeah, no, it's a it's a very important. I would say if we want change um, in the future, right? I got to start with us, right? How do we think about our finances? What does money, money represent to us? Uh, I view it as a, as a tool uh, and not an end goal. So it should be a tool, like to your point, to leave a legacy to your kids so they start better off when they become adults. And the same thing will trickle down, hopefully, um, to, your ne- to the next generation, your grandkids. Um, so, you know, wealthy people 
um, have resources uh, available to them so that their kids can have options. And so when you don't have wealth in the family, well, those options are zero or very few. So what I mean by that is that if you don't leave you know, some asset or some money behind, right, for your kid, well, that kid is gonna struggle through life, has to work and potentially fund his own education or work to fund his own business. Now, a lot of wealthy people, they have money and they also have businesses potentially. So, and they leave that business to the next generation and the next generation. Um, and again, it's just, it gives you a, a, a better head start when, when you have those resources available for your kids and your grandkids to continue that, um, that trend of, of continue to, to generate wealth uh, through the different uh, generations. Um, so how do you get there? Well, again, going back to uh, Sharon's point in terms of like saving money, so not spending recklessly, right? Um, so Warren Buffett, you know, he's, he's, he's brilliant in terms of, uh, he started investing when he was eight years old. Uh, and he's, you know, he's a billionaire. He's, he's great. I was hoping I could meet him actually in Omaha when I went on a trip uh, last month. Uh, but unfortunately, I run out of time. <laughs> but uh, he's someone who I look up to. So he says, if you buy things that you do not need, soon you will have to sell things that you need. Uh oh. Right? Um, so it's just to 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 show you that um, sometimes we leave we we live like beyond our means, and so um, honestly, you know, one of the things that I I, I tell my clients is like let's start with ground zero or sometimes we start from negative in terms of a lot of people have debt um, and, and we have to you know, come up with strategies on how to eliminate debt and then start with a budget. And then um, you know, what is this budget gonna do for us? And so it has to fund some of, some of the things that we need to start building that wealth. Um, so the importance here, I wanna I want to point that out because I want to highlight that if we don't think about generational wealth, the people that I help with sometimes they're in negatives or they're actually um, starting from from negative than even from, from zero. And so, how do you how do you get there? You acquire assets, you invest the cash that, that you have right in different vehicles. Um, you again live uh, under you know a, a budget, and so again. I wanna I wanna recommend to people to read the the Millionaire Next Door uh, book because that's an eye opener in terms of like you know what what do wealthy people do you know how what do they think about money where do they live what do they drive how do they dress um, do do they buy a car just to show it off uh, for people that they don't they don't even like right um, or do they save their money for the future and to leave a legacy. And building wealth over time for minorities, um, including business owners, is, is really important to start having a voice in society to say, hey, I also have money. Hey, I also have assets. And they can have a seat on the table in terms of making decisions for the community, for the country, for the world. Um, so. So that's why that's why it's important to to tackle that that topic. 
early on. Yeah, I, you know, this, I'm so glad that Liz mentioned just in general, just a reminder about the privilege that we do have by having this conversation and, and, and feeling that we have the options and the resources to kind of do some of these things that you're suggesting, right? Like to have these conversations. But it took me back to back when I barely could save $20 because my whole check was just for living, right? Like I needed to survive. And I also started to be reminiscent of how intentional my family had to be. I didn't have anybody to go talk to about this particular conversation because this is not the place in which people were using financial planners at the time. And so I didn't have a place to go to have it. But it still caused me a little bit of anxiety and fear right now just thinking about how much I could, like what would I have to sacrifice or what would I have to do or to put up about enough money or to make something like this happen. And then I funneled that down to my age when I was like, I couldn't put $20 away because I was check to check. And, you know, I had overspent, right? Had a great weekend once I started making money and I was like, ooh, let me look at this overdraft. Oh no, what did I do wrong? And I mean, all of those emotions are coming up and that was my hesitation. So my question really is like, what stops our communities from investing um, in, in financial planning, because right now I feel the fear coming up. Right. And I feel like, what do I have to let go? Like, like I'm feeling all these emotions and I know that you probably experienced this um, with other clients. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so thanks for, for sharing that. Um, you know, I think we can all um, relate to that at some point in our lives <laughs> where, you know, we had to scramble just to find some dollars to, to uh, buy food, to put or gas in the car, put gas in the car and then make a decision. I can tell you, for my personal story, um, I used to work with my mom. I mean, I did a lot of things. I sold candy when I was a kid. I, I uh, helped my dad. I helped my mom with Avon products, uh, selling, setting up and stuff like that. I, I sold vegetables and fruits. And uh, <laughs> I just had to find resources. I told my kid that he's into video games. And um, I used to charge other kids to pass a certain phase that was difficult. And so I used to charge them a fee. And then I just hang out at the video uh, uh, at the arcade, local arcade, and spend the whole day just just waiting for the opportunity for someone to say, can you pass this stage for me? <laughs> and I'll be like, yep, all right, it's going to be whatever, five pesos or whatever that was. Wow. Uh, and make some money talk that about, way. Talk about the entrepreneurial mindset. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I love the hustle. I love. I, love I told you, I told you, hustler, I right there. It. I love so it. I should, um, I should have discouraged my kid from having his uh, lemonade stand there because he's ready. Oh, no, he's like, absolutely. I'm like, what's your business no, plan? You that, I keep oh, telling yeah, her to let him have the lemonade stand. Like, come on, I need some power here, Ricky, because I keep saying, let him do it. You need to have this entrepreneurial spirit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He, here's what I'm gonna say about leaving a legacy, right? So it's it's great. We want to leave a legacy. We want to have, you know, assets. We want to leave cash behind. We want to leave some investments, um, uh, death benefits, and things like that for them to start at a, at a at a better in a better spot in the race, right? However, we also have the responsibility of, as parents to teach them that um, you know money is earned, not just given to them, um, and that they have to also work hard to for for their own money and uh, to continue that legacy, right? Because the worst thing that can happen is that if we leave a legacy, but they don't know about um, how to manage their money, they're all gonna waste it in, in, in uh, things, you know, that, that, that are gonna be uh, not beneficial at the end of the day. So just, we just gotta be careful around 
that part um, in terms of showing our kids how to be smart with their finances as well and and um, and, and living that legacy uh, with them. It's a big responsibility, so they just have to understand what that is. Uh, but going back to your question, <laughs> um, I think it's, um, you know, the lack of, uh, I think it's a lack of education and opportunities, to be honest. I think, um, you know, they definitely didn't teach me in school how to be smart with my money. I mean, there were some economic, you know, classes, but, you know, they, they try to explain the stock markets and stuff like that. And it was pretty complicated. I mean, the complexity of it also didn't make it easy for, for us, right? Um, I think we just want to get through school and be old, <laughs> be done with it. Um, however, there's not, I think the educational system needs to do better in terms of managing money, uh, what, what savings, you know, how much should you save, what's investing, like what are some of the opportunities to start early on and have that, um, those resources and those tools available. I am actually going to do a, a college planning workshop in uh, next month. Uh, in, in Texas. And so I'm going to teach some of these things to the parents and also to the kids so they can start planning for college. But at the same time, I'm going to, I'm going to snuck in some, you know, some nuggets there to, to prepare financially. Um, and so again, bringing the education to the community is one of the things that I'm most passionate about. And so, but I would say just lack of uh, education and opportunity. Um, and if the parents didn't have that, you know, what are they going to pass on to the kids? And if the kids don't hear it in school, well, then nobody, we have no one really to, to rely on to give us that education. That's why I do what I do. Um, family per family, uh, do, do that education, which is the number one priority for me. Uh, trust in the financial markets, I would say, because I think is generated from the lack of education and understanding of the complexity. And so I always try to break it down to my clients, like, all this jargon, let's put it aside. This is what you need to know um, and just kind of make it very simple. For so using like more accessible language, more inclusive Correct. language, because so one of the articles and I think I shared it with 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 Sharon and you, Enrique, that that really prompted me from this conversation because I've been trying to figure out like, OK, why don't I know these things like I'm I'm I've been working in corporate America for a long time. Like, I feel like I'm so behind in this generational wealth personally. Um, and in this this article, it's called The Color of Wealth. And it talks about, you know, our our communities, our historically marginalized communities. Um, this is so uh, let me go back a little bit, because our census from 2020 came out and it said, we are a diverse nation, right? Our, our, our people of color, our historically marginalized communities, th they're going to be the dominant community. And in 10 years time, what is America's, what is America going to look like? Right. Um, but when you talk about generational wealth and when we talk about how this isn't something that's very prominent in our communities, in our Latino communities and black communities. Um, I can only speak to the Latin community, but this article talked about that four, um, one, one in four uh, black Americans live in economically disadvantaged neighborhoods. One in six Latinos live in high poverty neighborhoods compared to the one in 13 white Americans. So when you think about building generational wealth and you think about people being kind of in these high poverty 
communities and not having the resources available to them, how how then do we build wealth? How do we how do we get started and how do we do we have an opportunity in the next 10 years to change that narrative? Yeah, no, and that's a good point, right? But I think, um, and I do recognize that that equity gap uh, in in this in this uh, communities that you're mentioning. Um, it starts with again, it starts with us, right? It starts with us in terms of um, educating those communities. Uh, financial education is key because if they don't know any better, right, they'll continue to do the same thing over and over and over. Again, it's a cycle that uh, if it's not broken, it will repeat itself. Um, and so, and now, because as you mentioned, the 2020 census, uh, minorities are becoming more abundant and sort of taking over the U.S. Uh, well, that's fine, but now we have to be even more intentional in terms of financial education and getting our things in order in our in our uh, communities in our families and it really starts with with us meaning in our own family uh, educating our kids and uh, making sure that we pass on the little that we know in terms of uh, finances um, I mean the other thing is like Google is accessible to everybody <laughs> nowadays it was an issue like many years ago where if you didn't know well you know, you were out of luck, but now there's so many resources, so much information out there um, that's it, it, that's readily accessible for people to tap into, right? Um, and again, if if there's a like the the workshop that I'm, I'm going to have next next uh, month um, to tap into these those resources as well uh, from a community perspective, um, do more of that. Um, and for, for us who have more knowledge about the topic to engage with nonprofit organizations, to spread the word, right? Now, the other thing about this is that we have to be, again, responsible with our finances. We have to um, have a budget. We have to uh, show people that if we want to achieve things in life, we, we want to change the needle or move the needle in the right direction and make progress, right? Um, that we have to make some sacrifices. Back to Shara's point, in terms of sacrificing something for, for the better and for the future. Well, that's, that has to resonate with people in those communities as well. So um, they, they, they want to have, um, they, want, they need to want the, the change essentially, uh, including you know, with some of my clients when I work with them, is it how bad do you want this or how bad do you want to achieve these goals, right? And uh, sometimes people are not ready. And sometimes people don't want to. Sometimes people are scared and they're afraid. Uh, but um, it, it starts with, with us really to start moving that needle and, and, and become more aware of the financial uh, education that, that, we know, that we all need essentially. So uh, more, more um, community service uh, programs from, from the government, right? From, local uh, state and, 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 and the U.S. government to bring that education to those communities. Now, why there's, why there's not, uh, there isn't enough resources? Well, that's another topic, but, um, but you know, they're limited. Essentially, you have to like really look or have people like us 
give those workshops to those uh, communities. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you mentioned this because one of the things that I think oftentimes, like you talked about, like oftentimes the word of mouth, like sharing sharing information through families and communities. I definitely learned a lot. Like I remember my uncle set me aside when I went to college and gave me a book. I wasn't, he was like, you know, I had to like spend, and he's an accountant. I mean, he has a accounting background, probably even finance background, but he was just like, I had to spend some time thinking about how I was going to make this book work. He was like, it wasn't the, the complexity of the book. He was like, how do I make this book work for me? Right. Because I can't really use every aspect of the pieces right now, maybe in my life, but going back to the planning piece of like finances, like we really don't spend a lot of work on the planning part. It's like always so immediate, like what I need to do right now, but also what do I want to do and what, what I need to do and what's those triggers as I go through life or my income increase or the location I change or I, my age has changed or, you know, I have a child or, or I have to care for a loved one as a caregiver role. Like, what are those things that are like now are the triggers that I need to go back to some of those places, whether it's Google or a book or my benefits department or whatever the case may be, or my friend group and ask questions or Facebook group and say, you know, something has changed here or a signal has changed here. And I need to be thinking of things differently because when he told me that I, he was like, what, he's like, this stuff will start to make sense in certain parts of your life. And and they, you just need to keep going back to this book. And I'm not going to lie. Like at first I was like, mm, thanks, um, I appreciate you. I hope you put $20 in here because once again, I was broke at the time. Um, but then it was like, he was right. He was like, okay, so when I got my first job, it's like that 401k match. It's like, 401k, I don't want to give y'all this money to match what? Oh, that's a lot of money. But then it's like, okay, you're, you're crazy if you don't. That's free money. Then it's like, oh, I should be thinking about, you know, putting, you know, 30 to 40% away for savings so that I can pay off these loans or do these types of things or, you know, be able to have a great trip versus like just spending it all like, Okay, I'm going on a trip, girl, and I'll figure it out when I get back, right? Trying to float a bill or something, right? Like, it was just those little things. He was right. It's like a manual. It's not the, you got to do all these things right now. But I love the fact that you said, Google it, get some resources, use your network. Because honestly, I, I until I gotten older, more confident, I didn't even know we were supposed to talk about money. Like, I thought it was like a secret. Like when I heard my, like my grandparents and my mom and them, they kept that stuff so tight. Like until I went to college, I did not know what how much money my mom made, like by hour or by salary. Like I had no context. Oh yeah. It's a, definitely something that uh, even our culture and Latino community, we don't share. Actually, we, <laughs> we don't uh-huh. talk about work that much. Um, we don't talk about aspirations or what we want to do. We don't talk about how much, definitely not how much money we make. Um, we don't share those things at all. Like, therefore, the financial education topic is sort of like thrown in under the, the rug, right? And so, which is, which is uh, pretty sad because if you don't know uh, these things or at least bring up these topics, how can you get better? How can you seek help from someone hey am i am i getting paid you know enough how does it compare against you know what you're getting paid over there uh oh maybe you know you should help me out finding a better job or like do you have any openings there so that community in terms of financial education is non-existent in, in our culture and so um that's one of the things that i'm passionate about just 
destroying <laughs> those um, th th those things that sort of prevent us to move forward. Um, a lot of my close friends and family, the conversations are starting to change in terms of you know how do we spend our money versus how do we invest our money, um, how do we plan for the future versus you know what am I going to do with this $1,000 truck payment? Um, and so sometimes we return that truck because it's in the best interest of, of that family because they want to achieve other goals, because they have different values, because they want to fund a, uh, a business, right? But there's something that's holding us back to achieve those things. And sometimes a lot of the times is debt that we don't need uh, via whatever that is. Now, there is some good debt like, you know, mortgage loans and stuff like that because you have some collateral. But in general terms, the, there is some things that hold us back. But um, yeah, it's definitely something nobody wants to talk about. And so sort of changing that mindset, you know, slowly but gradually, that's a, that's another, you know, way we can actually change our culture. And because we're now are a big majority in the, in, in the United States that we have the responsibility to start thinking about, how to accumulate wealth for us and then for the people that are coming behind us. So. Wow. I really love that. And I think for me and, you know, we're getting kind of close to our end time and I think that's just kind of a perfect way to end. And one of the things that we do for our, our listeners is we have a moment of reflection based on like everything that you've, you've brought up to the table. And for me, it's like, what is, what is your like for the listeners or for you, Cheryl or Enrique, too, is like, what is your relationship with money and or wealth and how do you feel about it? Because I know for me um, personally, I had to reconcile that relationship with money um, where I was very reactory with my my wealth or my money and i was like no i'm gonna have the good time i'm gonna book that vacation because you know <laughs> yolo um I, I want that car i mean i remember when i turned 18 i got a job eight dollars an hour i was like oh i'm rich i'm gonna go buy me a brand new car i didn't need a brand new car <laughs> and it was like and my best friend and i talk about this a lot because we have very similar backgrounds and, you know, money wasn't discussed in our homes. We were both first generation Americans. And um, and we, we always think about if we had had these conversations early on, you know, like super early, imagine the place that we would be in right now. And, and personally, for me, I mean, I went through a moment of debt um, in order to get my college education. I had to get student loans. Um and it's like, is that necessary? Do we need to like have our, and, and I know I'm probably going to um, get a lot of like feedback on this, but I, I don't feel like it's necessary for our college kids and our, and our young adults to come out of college with debt. You're already like, don't you want to start your kids? Like just, I know many people do it, but is it, do we have to do this? Is this the narrative that we have to do? It's not like, oh, I, because I had to do it. You have to do it too. It's like, can't we change the narrative of that and the student debt? And one, is it like the resources that are available to our students, as well as the education and the knowledge and how we then, you know, how are we comfortable and what is our relationship with that wealth? So I want to leave the listeners and everyone with kind of that, that question on what is your relationship with money and your wealth? Yeah, I, I think this is one of these vulnerable moments, but I have a love hate with uh, 
about money in, in this particular conversation, right? I love the fact that I do get options and I can be able to influence different options, not just for myself, but for my family and for my friends because of what I've been able to do. But the 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 the, the less loving part, maybe hate is a too strong of a word, but the less loving part around this conversation is really around the fear and anxiety that comes up about doing the right thing, right? Like it goes back to like, there's a lot of pressure and I, and I can't say that it's like almost a generational pressure to, to an individual pressure because I'm that person. Like I now have some new tools and I want to share it and do my best at it. But then there's a community pressure to say, now that I have this information, how do I get it out? How do I share it with my family? How do I look out for them? And I've made some bad choices right early on where it was like, oh, I'm just going to come in and help. Right. I'm going to be the means in which something comes up. I'm going to provide my money or my resources. And those those things work until you are then back into a situation and that relationship between people or others start to change. Right. Or in general, when I was young and like, oh, you got a great job, girl. You know, um, you you may not. Oh, you know, you too big for us right now. Like and this is like friends, like people around me would be like, oh, you got money. Now just, you think you better than the right thing. And that that wasn't true. And it was like, I never changed who I am. But now this is this thing attached to me that has nothing to do with actually who I am or my values. It's just, it's one of those things where I want, I really am trying to stay skilled up, but I can, I can't lie and say that the anxiety of like making sure I'm making the right investments and and doing the right things for myself and family and my future, future endeavors in life. But it's also that piece where it's like, I want to make sure that it doesn't stay in one place. Um, So I really want to change this relationship with it, right? And I got help. I think, Enrique, when you said, you know, get somebody, whether they're in the community, I started asking for help. I started telling my friends, like, I don't know, like, how are you budgeting for this trip? What else are you doing? I mean, you're planning for kids. What are you doing financially? Like, what do you, how do y'all think about that? How do you think about college? Like, I've gotten more vulnerable in that space. And also I've gotten financial planner to help. Right. So I think that's the part where it's like, you know, we're trying, but I, I still have this really uncomfortable um, feeling around it because I'm always thinking it's going to go away. Like it's that scarcity. I've been, I know what it is to be working for. <laughs> so I don't, I, it's not that I don't have the means to, 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 if that happens to fight out, get all those things that got me and my family, like to the place of like, you're going to, we're going to do better and we're going to make a better situation. But once again, it's something about that scarcity piece that always kind of plays into this conversation. And it's always like, I want to do the right thing. So I don't take a step back, not just for myself, but for others, but that, that believe in what it is that we're moving through as to, as a community or a family or friends. Right. So I'm still processing it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And so it is pretty scary, you know, when I meet with people, um, they're scared to even talk about it. I mean, everything we talk about is 100% confidential, um, but it's just maybe the first time they actually talk about money ever in their lives. Uh, And so it it is, you're not alone, by the way. Um, So it is something like a, a taboo. Uh, sort of thing. And so when we do financial planning with those individuals, we we have checkpoints throughout the year. And so we check in progress to see, okay, how are we doing based on the plan? And so people get excited when they're hitting some of those um, milestones and we celebrate them. And look, the financial plan also has to allow for things that you enjoy in life, travel, right? to give to the community, charity, 
things that you enjoy in life. Because again, it goes back to the values. So if you enjoy a family tree because you want to create bondage and, or, or friends and you want to get to know each other and you want to have a good time with those individuals, it's in the plan. Believe me, it's in the financial plan. So it's not a 100% sacrifice. It's actually something that works for the individual or the family. So just to help in that uh, space of like fear, anxiety about actually doing and going through, through with it. But um, the other thing I was going to mention, <clears throat> when you start accumulating uh, wealth, it, it's not that you change so much. It's the how people perceive you, right? And you can't really control that part. Um, you can't really co control that. So I would say control what you can control, control the controllables, and then let go of the rest because <laughs> somebody will always have an opinion about you. Yeah. And I have one question just for the group. And I yeah. know that we're we're at time, we're getting close to time, but how do you all address the conversation about the will? Like we build all this wealth, we got all this stuff, you know, this money in the pockets, right? Like we're going to talk aspirationally. Well, how do y'all have this conversation? I'll be honest with you. Like, I feel more comfortable having a conversation with other people, but when it got to me doing my will, I was like, ooh. I mean, <laughs> I'm talking about my eyebrows is hot. But I, I was like, I was like, ooh. I was walking around like uh, drinking water, am I healthy? Like, it went through this whole mental, like, oh, these, these are my last days, right? Like, I went through this weird thing. And then when I sat down to do it, which it wasn't that hard, right, in, in those types of things. But I actually started, got, I got really emotional about it because I felt like, to your point about celebrating where you are, it was like, oh, my gosh, I have some things that I did do that was good good decisions that now I do get to create something that allows my family and those in it. Cause I ain't telling y'all who it is, by the way, all y'all family friends listening out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm living this full life. FYI, I'm living all this full life. Um, but those types of things, when I, when I, when I finished it, I actually cried because I was like, I leave it something. Like I have something that. And weren't you so proud of yourself? And what you, yes. yeah. So like, sure. I'm, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I had a very similar thing. And my husband and my best friend are both like, we were kind of, we keep our accountability. And to your point, like I started reaching out to people and, you know, like being comfortable with sharing that, sharing that vulnerability with other people. And then, um, they both, my best friend and my husband, they both kind of every week send me little reminders and like, <laughs> You know, like this is our total wealth. This is and when we did the will too, like when we had that, we had to do it because we have we have kids. Um, and so we put kind of our estate planning together and and I was like, we and I'm like, okay, let me plan a very and then I started thinking about Enrique and like what he's told me, and I'm like, no, I gotta keep it there because I'm building generational wealth. But it was like it's like that kind of reminder when you see it holistically. And to Enrique's point, like you control what you can control and think about for you and what you want to do and not the outwardly, right? Because we tend to, as a society, <clears throat> we tend to worry about other people's perceptions and we look outwardly a lot. And it's like, no, let's look inwardly and let's figure out why this is preventing us individually for moving forward and like again looking at our relationship with money and thinking about like what what do we want that to look like how do we want that to look like and I love Enrique your kind of tie into the values of it and saying it's okay like travel is something really important to my family and I so 
we just accommodate our budgets to to allow for our travel. We're huge Disney lovers, so we and it's not cheap to go to Disney. So, but that is something really important for us <laughs> to yeah. do. And you know, for a while, I felt really guilty. I felt really guilty for traveling for um, for taking our kids to Disney when they were very little. Uh, we go to Disney without our kids too, y'all. That's okay. But I felt guilty. It's like no. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing, I'm accommodating my budget for this. What I'm worried about, what's holding me back is other people's perception of what I'm doing with my money. And when yeah, I, as I got away from that, like just, it, it just kind of like all went okay. Absolutely. And, and thanks for sharing that because that's a vulnerable part of, of us, right? Thinking that we're doing something wrong because we're enjoying ourselves and with with the money that we make and and uh, again there's flexibility and and has to be flexibility in your financial plan to allow for those things that make you ultimately happy and circle back to your values right um, like i said in the beginning money i see it as a tool and not a goal so money should allow you to get from point a to b so what is that point a where you are point b where you want to be so if you want to build stronger relationship with your spouse Absolutely. Take that Napa Valley trip, take that, you know, trip to the Kiwis or because that will create something that is intangible, but it's very important for you and, and your husband or your friend or whatever, you know, whoever's in your life that's really important to you. So it is a tool to allow you to do those things um, where it becomes a problem. I think it's when you spend a lot of money in, in one area and you're neglecting other areas that are really important and crucial um, that uh, wealth accumulation, for instance, or sending your kids to college or paying for that wedding. And so, like I said, we put, we allocate your income, your assets to hit all of your goals, not just one or two. And so again, through money, which is a tool, and again, it's not a, it's not a goal. So. Uh, yeah. And how about wheels? Like, how do you have the conversation? In, in at least in your space the will yeah yeah so um wills and and trust uh pretty pretty important to put in place because you want again going back to the control bit you want to be able to control uh leaving something behind to to your kids to somebody that you love whether it's you know another uh, family member or friend uh, those are important things that we put in place as well for for clients uh, we do state planning as well, and, and we don't necessarily write the trust, but we uh, connect them with, with lawyers that can. Uh, but uh, it, it is absolutely um, a, a key point or a key in, ingredient into the financial planning, leaving that legacy behind, making sure that we do it in, in the proper ways. Uh, so definitely something that we recommend, and I even have it on my, with my family. So. And I think, Shara, to, like, to your point, I think... Um when you don't have those things in place, like for leaving your family behind, like once you pass on, like it is a headache. I had that yes. experience when my father passed away and there was no estate planning. There was no will. There was no contingencies to even be able to bury him. <clears throat> and so we had to pull yeah. money out of our savings account to be able to do that. And so that was something that was so traumatic for us and our family. And it was I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. So as soon as I had kids, I was like, this is it. <laughs> we're, yeah. Yeah. we're doing an and estate the, planning. 
Right. And the other thing is like via trust, like you, you can bypass the probate uh, process, which is like getting into the courts and then having fights like who owns what. So you alleviate all of that just for, you know, planning ahead of time. I mean, unfortunately, something that's going to happen either way, you know, why not prepare for it? Yeah. Well, Enrique, I mean, I know we took up a lot of your time. This is a good, I mean, I think we could keep going, really. Like, there's so much. I mean, I got questions galore. Absolutely. I know we got to let them go. We got to let them go. We can go. ask all we can ask. I'm <laughs> telling you, we about to get, I was just about to like, well, let me go and get my notebook because we about to work. Okay. <laughs> they, uh, Enrique, we Pleasure. really appreciate you coming on here and trusting us with your story and trusting us with this process. We really appreciate it. Um, for our our listeners, we are on Instagram. Follow us at More Than Words Podcast. Um, we have our webpage too, um, More Than Words Podcast.com. Um, we have a Facebook page. We also have a Facebook group, which there's exclusive content and other events and things for the for the group in particular. And um, we'll post this uh, episode on everywhere you can find uh, podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And we're looking at other platforms too. Don't worry, we're getting there. We're getting there, Android users. We're getting there. Um, but uh, thank you so much, Enrique, again, for this conversation. I think it's so critical and it's it's such an important time to, to be talking about money and what our relationship looks like for that. Absolutely. My pressure. Again, and Enrique, is there anything you want to share with the group before we leave for our listeners before we head out, like any way to contact you or anything you want to promote so that people know how to get with you since you have things coming up? Sure. Read the book. <laughs> Read the book of uh, The Millionaire Next Door as a starting point just to see what wealth looks like and wealthy people, what do they do? Where do they hang out? How do they think about money? And uh, obviously if you if you need uh, some help in putting a plan together or at least having a conversation about it, uh, informal or formal, uh, you can call my office. Uh, number is 281-699-9520 or shoot me an email, Enrique, E-N-R-I-Q-U-E, dot Basanes, B-A-S-A-N-E-Z, at thrivent.com. Um, so we can always chat about uh, any financial topics or uh, just life advice in general. <laughs> I'm always available to to help out. So it was it's been a pleasure to be here with you guys and spending uh, time and, and having so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll put all your information on our on the post as well too. So if people need to need to contact you. Okay. All Perfect. right. Thank you. All right, Bye thank everyone. You. See you next week. Bye. See you next week. Bye.